again, good to be here this morning. We're so very blessed to be able to come together on the first day of the week. Thank you all for being here. We are instructed to come together on the first day of the week and to encourage one another and to do those things that we see the examples of and the commands of in the New Testament. And so that's what we come here to do this morning. This morning I want to talk about Timothy. Travis just read there from 1 Timothy 6 where, where Paul calls Timothy a man of God. And so I want to spend a little time talking about this man of God. This man of God who we don't have any utterances of the things that he said in the pages of the New Testament. We have a lot of things written about him. He, as we'll see here in a moment, accompanies Paul on some of his missionary journeys. He's a preacher of the word. He is a messenger. Uh, he is uh, a laborer in the kingdom. And there's a lot that we can learn uh, about this man, Timothy, and the circumstances of his upbringing and the, uh, the encouragement that is given to him along the way and how that yields fruit not only for himself, but for God's kingdom. So let's take a few moments and talk about this man, Timothy, just a little bit. And I want to start with this. And it's, it's, it's well known that Timothy um, was a young man when, when Paul encounters him. And um, he uh, spent some time um, with Paul. And in so doing, we can see his growth. But it starts from somewhere. And it starts with understanding that it wasn't just that Timothy was imbibed with the Holy Spirit, which he was, uh, miraculously, by the laying on of Paul's hands. We'll talk about that a little later on. But there was something there to begin with. There was something there that had already been instilled in Timothy, and that is that he had been educated from a very young age. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 5. It says, therefore, I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. So right there we can understand that, that, that Timothy had a faith that was already in him. And how did it get there? He says, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. So here's this young man who has been educated down the line from his grandmother passing that down to his mother, and then passing that down to him. Look over in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. Look at verses 14 and 15. As the instructions are given to him, he says, Paul says to Timothy, You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of them, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from the child, your childhood... You have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So through his grandmother and through his mother, and in, in, in the time of his youth, he was taught the word of God. And in so doing, he had a reverence for those words, and he had a faith. And so as we're making application along the way here, let's think about what that means. Let's think about the, the, the little ones, the younger ones that are amongst us right now. Think of the opportunity we have with them. 
grandmother and mother and son or grandmother and mother and daughter, the things that we can teach to them through not only the sacred writings but through the example that we show them, the lives that we lead. And those of us outside of those particular families, we still have that responsibility too, don't we, to live as examples, to show these younger people what it means to be a child of God and what it means to be a child of God in your barely 40s, almost 50s in your 60s, in your 70s, and so on and so on. What, is it, what does that look like to a child who's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14? We can be that example to them, and we need to be. Make sure we're giving them every opportunity to hold to their faith, to develop and to hold to their faith. You know, one thing about uh, youth uh, is there's energy to burn, isn't there? We, we, we talk often about, I wish I had half that energy. Well, for Timothy's case, there was some usefulness to all that. Let's talk about a little bit, and we're not going to go into all this depth of everything about Timothy, but I wanted to just to get an idea. Look over in chapter 16 of the book of Acts. Acts 16. I've got to make sure I get that right. I've had trouble with numbers today. Acts chapter 16 we see where Paul uh, wanted this young man, Timothy, to accompany him. Acts chapter 16, verse 1, it says, and, it came, and, he, and he came to Derbe and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and he circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew his father was a Greek. So their understanding of, their, of, of what's taking place, Timothy was a, was a young man, but he was, certainly was older than eight days old, which was the typical time where a child would be circumcised. But because of what Paul was doing and the teaching and preaching he was going to be doing, he circumcised him so that he could show that he was indeed a Jew. His mother was a Jew. Father was an unbeliever, but his mother was a Jew. And so he wanted him to accompany him. He knew there would be a stumbling block there if, if Timothy was uncircumcised. So he circumcised him and then took him with him. Can and just imagine what that meant and the faith it took for Peter or for Paul to, to do that and for Timothy to accept that being done. Shows a lot about him. But anyway, so he's going to accompany him on his second missionary journey. Over in chapter 17, uh, as they're traveling through, we see that Timothy is going to stay in Berea as Paul passes through Berea. In verse 14 of chapter 17, it says, And then immediately the brethren sent Paul out to go as far as the sea, and Silas and Timothy remain there. So Silas and Timothy remain in Berea. Paul's going to go forward on into Athens. And it says there in verse 15 uh, that, he's gonna, that Timothy's going to come down. Uh, now those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens and receiving commanded Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible um, and then they departed. So just again, just looking at some of the, the, the things that are going on, look over, hold your place there in Acts and go to 1 Thessalonians for just one, so, one second to get us a little caught up in this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1. It says, therefore, we, when we can endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left 
behind at Athens alone, we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel to Christ to strengthen and encourage you to your faith. So after uh, Timothy comes down to Athens, Paul sends him to Thessalonica. And then after that, we see the steps that are taking place. Chapter 18, verse 1, it says, After these things he left Athens and went to Corinth. That's speaking of Paul. So Paul's there in Athens. He sent Timothy to Thessalonica. Now Paul leaves Athens and goes to Corinth. In verse 5 of chapter 18, it says, When Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, and Thessalonica is in the region of Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. And then over in chapter 19, verse 22, again, here's Paul wanting to, to have Timothy come along on his, on his third missionary journey now. Verse 22 of chapter 19, And having set, uh, sent into Macedonia those who were ministering to him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself, stayed in Asia Minor for a while. So here again, dropping in and out of the journeys uh, is probably, most likely it is Timothy who took those letters to Thessalonica that Paul wrote to them. And one last thing we'll look at here, there's, there's a gap. We don't know exactly all the things that took place. We know Timothy didn't go with Paul to Rome, but at some point Timothy winds up with Paul in Rome. If you look in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 1, as he's addressing the letter to the Philippians, Paul says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. So that tells us who's writing the letter and who the letter is written, written to. If you come over to chapter 4 of Philippians and look at verse 21 and 22, this helps us to understand where Paul is. It says, greet, everyone, uh, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. So we understand that Paul is in prison in Rome, and Timothy is there with him. Also in Colossians 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, through the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. So here again in Colossians, he's, Timothy is there with him. He's writing this letter to the Colossians. The things he has to say to them, and again, come to the end of Colossians, chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, I, Paul, write these, this greeting with my own hand. Remember my imprisonment. Grace be with you. So, again, this is not an exhaustive list, but this gives us an idea of the energy that, that Timothy had. Look at all the things that he was helping to accomplish. Remember, the, act, the, the, the book of Acts tells us about the establishment of the church and all the work that had to go into doing that, setting up the churches, bringing brethren together, going through and appointing elders for them, encouraging them, teaching them, writing to them. And Timothy is instrumental in that. Energy to burn. So in this, we understand that there's a usefulness of Timothy and a usefulness in the kingdom that he provided. And the image there is the idea of getting your hands dirty, about getting in there and getting to the work and doing what needs to be done. So when we look at what Paul has to say about Timothy, let's look at a couple of things. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So along the way here, I mentioned in the, in the, in the onset that 
that Timothy's faith is, is, is being sustained by the encouragement that, that he is getting along the way. And so as Paul is writing these letters and these things are going back and forth and people are, are taking letters to and from, Paul says this about Timothy in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 17. He says, For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ Jesus as I teach everywhere in every church. Beloved and faithful child in the Lord. What better compliment can you give someone than to call them your child in the Lord? Look over in chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 16 and verse 10. It says, Now if Timothy comes... See that he is with you without cause to be afraid, for he is doing the Lord's work, as I am also. Don't be afraid if Timothy comes. Uh, he's doing the work of the Lord. Can that be said about us? Are we doing the work of the Lord? Is someone giving us praise when they write or, or speak to someone else and saying, if, if Hank comes to you, don't be afraid, he's doing the work of the Lord. What a compliment that is. We see through the writings here also, look over in 2 Corinthians now, chapter 1, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 19. We see a man that is laboring in the vineyard, who is working for the Lord. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 19, For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but yes in him. You see, Timothy is active. He is preaching, teaching the word of God. He's, he's active. He's, he's useful in the kingdom. You know, our Lord in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, as he talks about being a light to the world and, and being salt to the world, the idea there of usefulness. We need to be useful in the kingdom. We need to be going about and doing our work as the Lord would have us to do. And I know it's difficult, in these, especially in these times, this day and age, where we're so restricted on our movement and those things that we're doing, but it doesn't release us from the things that we are to do, from our responsibilities. We need to make sure that we are laboring in the vineyard. And I like this example. Look over in Philippians 2. This is such a praise and such a compliment that Paul pays to Timothy. In Philippians 2 and verse 19, Paul writes, he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I, that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. So is he going back and forth, bringing letters, letting him know how things are going. Verse 20 says, For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth that he served me when the, in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. So Paul says, If I can't be there, I'm going to send Timothy to you. Why? Because he is concerned about you. He wants to know about you. He is asking and he wants to know if you're doing well, if you're, if you're remaining faithful. And again, he uses that idea of the father and the son, that relationship that's there. 
want to make some applications as we draw to a close. I want us to understand that there are roles that we play. For us as the older, we need to understand passages like Ephesians 6 and verse 4, where it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we as older, we as fathers, we as parents have that responsibility to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. For the young, they have this responsibility. They need to remember passages like Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1, where it says, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. I think what that gets at, what Solomon is writing there is, while you're young, appreciate God. Appreciate who it is that has, has breathed life into you, has given you your soul. That is our creator. That is our God. Because if you remember those, the, uh, that God in the days of your youth, w when the times come as you're older, and when you're dealing with health issues and life might get you down, all those things that come with age, you won't say that, I have no delight in them. You'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it all the more if, you, if from a very early age you have remembered who your Creator is and given Him His due. And for all of us, we need to remember passages like 3 John and verse 4. As John is writing, he says, I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. By the time John writes these letters, he's very elderly. It's towards the end of the first century. John is an older man, an old man. And he uses that phrase over and over again, children, my little children. It gives me no greater joy than to hear of my children walking in the truth. So we all have a role to play in this. For us as older, we need to set that example. If we're, if we're bringing up children, we need to bring them up in the, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Those who are we bringing up, they need to remember from their childhood, their God and their Creator. And all of us need to be walking in truth so that we can be pleasing to God in the things that we do. I want to leave you with this. We read there verse 5 from 2 Timothy 1, where Paul says, I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I'm sure that it is in you as well. Look what he goes on to say. Verse 6, for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. As I mentioned, there's, we understand from that, that that Paul imparted a spiritual gift to Timothy. And he wants him to remember that and to kindle afresh that gift that God has given to him through the laying on of Paul's hands. But he says there, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. 
but join me with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. So some might say, well, of course, it was easy for Timothy to be a man of God because he had been imbued with this the spiritual gift that Paul gave him, that God gave him through Paul. Well, if that's the case, then why is, would, would Paul be writing to Timothy? Why would he be encouraging him through the letters he wrote, writes to other people? If it's just this miraculous ability that Timothy has and he doesn't need anything else, then why does Paul write these two letters of encouragement to him? And, and why does the Holy Spirit find it necessary for, to preserve these letters for us to read today? It's because he started there with something. He started there with the faith. There was an existing faith that Timothy had. In Timothy, we see a young man who is encouraged to utilize his talents and to utilize his energy to serve God. It's not just the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit that had been given to Timothy. It's the faith that he had already. And he's encouraged to use that and, and, and not let people look down on his youth, as, as Paul instructs him, but rather to do the things that he has been chosen to do. Timothy is given responsibility and praise all along the way. We need to make sure that we're doing that for those younger ones. Encouragement and praise. Let them know when they're doing the right thing. Let them know what they're doing the work of God. Help them to develop the faith and then help them to maintain it all along the way. And as a result of his labors, much fruit was produced. As we said, this is the early church. This is the church, the, the word of God sounding out. There's much work to be done. And Timothy was instrumental in doing that. It leaves behind an important example to us, to both the young among us and the old. As older, we have that responsibility to, to raise them up, to bring them up, and to be a good example to them, and the young ones have the, the, the responsibility of obeying their parents and serving God and remembering their creator from their youth. So let's utilize our talents to their fullest extent. We've all been blessed in some way with some talents. Let's utilize them so that we can be called a man of God, like, like Paul called Timothy or a woman of God, so that we can have that kind of praise, not to elevate Paul to any place that he does not need to be, but we can see Paul as a, a true and faithful servant of God, and the praise that he gives this young man, Timothy, by calling him a man of God. Let's live our lives in such a way that we can hear that. We can be called a man of God or a woman of God. Let's utilize our talents and the things that God has given us to hear those words.